Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from the words of John Charles Ryle, J.C. Ryle, who served the Lord as a minister of the gospel in parish churches within the Church of England for almost 40 years. He then became Bishop of Liverpool in 1880, came to international prominence as a preacher, Bible expositor, and author. Today, he's best known for his plain and lively writings on practical and spiritual themes. He deliberately used this style to reach ordinary people. Ryle's successor as Bishop of Liverpool commented, the words of such a man acquire new force as we read them. Ryle lived near God, and God lived through him. J.C. Ryle. And the title of his message is Forgiveness Today. This booklet is available from the Chapel Library. Just contact them at chapel at mountzion.org. They'll send it to you free, along with a lot of other things. You get a catalog from them, and you'll see what is available to you free. <clears throat> the text is, as you might expect, 1 John 2.12, your sins are forgiven you. There is a clause near the end of the Apostles' Creed that I fear is often repeated without thought or consideration. I refer to the clause that contains these words, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. And thousands, I am afraid, never reflect what those words mean. I propose to examine the subject of them in the following paper, and I invite the attention of all who care for their souls and want to be saved. Do we believe in the resurrection of our bodies? Then, then let us see to it that we know something by experience of the forgiveness of our sins. Number one, our need of forgiveness. Let me show, first of all, our need. Uh, all men need forgiveness because all men are sinners. He that does not know this knows nothing in religion. It is the very ABC of Christianity that a man should know his right place in the sight of God and understand what he deserves. We are all great sinners. There is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sinners we were born, sinners we have been all our lives. We take to sin naturally from the very first. No child ever needs schooling and education to teach it to do wrong. <clears throat> no devil or bad companion ever leads us into such wickedness as our own hearts. And the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 We must either be forgiven or be lost eternally. We are all guilty sinners in the sight of God. We have broken his holy law. We have transgressed his precepts. We have not done his will. There is not a commandment in all the ten that does not condemn us. If we have not broken it in deed, we have in word. If we have not broken it in word, we have in thought and imagination, and that continually. Tried by the standard of the fifth chapter of Matthew, there is not one of us that would be acquitted. All the world is guilty before God. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment... We must either be forgiven or perish everlastingly. And then, what is the Lord God, whose eyes are on all our ways and before whom we have one day to give an account? 
Holy, holy, holy is the remarkable expression applied to him by those who are nearest to him. It sounds as if no one word could express the intensity of his holiness. One of his prophets says, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look upon iniquity. We think the angels exalted beings and far above ourselves, but we are told in Scripture, His angels he charged with folly. We admire the moon and stars as glorious and splendid bodies, but we read, Behold, even to the moon, and it shineth not, the stars are not pure in his sight. We talk of the heavens as the noblest and purest part of creation, but even of them it is written, The heavens are not clean in his sight. What then is any one of us but a miserable sinner in the sight of such a God as this? Surely we ought all to cease from proud thoughts about ourselves. We ought to lay our hands upon our mouths and say with Abraham, I am dust and ashes, and with Job I am vile, and with Isaiah we are all as an unclean thing, and with John, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Where is the man or woman in the whole catalogue of the book of life that will ever be able to say more than this, I obtained mercy? What is the <clears throat> glorious company of the apostles, the goodly fellowship of the prophets, the noble army of martyrs? What are they all but pardoned sinners? Surely there is but one conclusion to be arrived at. We are all great sinners, and we all need a great forgiveness. And see now what just cause I have to say that to know our need of forgiveness is the first thing in true religion. Sin is a burden and must be taken off. Sin is a defilement and must be cleansed away. Sin is a mighty debt and must be paid. Sin is a mountain standing between us and heaven and must be removed. Happy is that mother's child amongst us that feels all this. The first step towards heaven is to see clearly that we deserve hell. There are but two alternatives before us. We must either be forgiven or be miserable forever. Number two, the way of forgiveness. Where will you go? Let me point out in the second place the way of forgiveness. I, I ask particular attention to this point, for none can be more important. Granting for a moment that you want pardon and forgiveness, what ought you to do? Whither will you go? Which way will you turn? Everything hinges on the answer you give to this question. We could turn to ministers, would you? Would you turn to ministers and put your trust in them? They cannot give you pardon. They can only tell you where it is to be found. They can set before you the bread of life, but you yourself must eat it. They can show you the path of peace, but you yourself must walk in it. The Jewish priest had no power to cleanse the leper, but only to declare him cleansed. The Christian minister has no power to forgive sins. He can only declare and pronounce who they are that are forgiven. Will you turn to sacraments and ordinances and trust in them? They cannot supply you with forgiveness, however diligently you may use them. By sacraments, faith is confirmed and grace increased in all who rightly use them. But they cannot justify the sinner. They cannot put away transgression. 
You may go to the Lord's table every Sunday in your life, but unless you look far beyond the sign to the thing signified, you will, after all, die in your sins. You may attend a daily service regularly, but if you think to establish a righteousness of your own, and by it, in the slightest degree, you're only getting further away from God every day. Will you trust in your own works and endeavors, your virtues and your good deeds, your prayers and your alms? They will never buy for you an entrance into heaven. They will never pay your debt to God. They are all imperfect in themselves and only increase your guilt. There is no merit or, un or worthiness in them at the very best. The Lord Jesus Christ says expressly, When you have done all those things which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. Will you trust in your own repentance and amendment? You're very sorry for the past. You hope to do better for time to come. You hope God will be merciful. Alas, if you lean on this, you have nothing beneath you but a broken reed. The judge does not pardon the thief because he is sorry for what he did. Today's sorrow will not wipe off the score of yesterday's sins. It is not an ocean of tears that would ever cleanse an uneasy conscience and give it peace. Where then must a man go for pardon? Where is forgiveness to be found? There is a way, both sure and plain, and into that way I desire to guide every inquirer's feet. That way is simply to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. It is to cast your soul with all its sins unreservedly on Christ, to cease completely from any dependence on your own works or doings, either in whole or in part, and to rest on no other work but Christ's work, no other righteousness but Christ's righteousness, no other merit but Christ's merit as your ground of hope. Take this course, and you are a pardoned soul. To Christ, says Peter, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Through this man, says Paul at Antioch, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things. In him, writes Paul, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The Lord Jesus Christ, in great love and compassion, has made a full and complete satisfaction for sin by suffering death in our place upon the cross. There he offered himself as a sacrifice for us and allowed the wrath of God, which we deserved, to fall on his own head, for our sins, as our substitute, he gave himself, suffered, and died, the just for the unjust, the innocent for the guilty, that he might deliver us from the curse of a broken law, and provide a complete pardon for all who are willing to receive it. And by so doing, as Isaiah says, he shall bear our sins. As John the Baptist says, he taketh away sin. As Paul says, he purged our sins and put away sin. And as Daniel says, he makes an end of sins and finishes the transgression. Christ, in one word, has purchased a full forgiveness, if we're only willing to receive it. He has done all, paid all, suffered all that was needed to reconcile us to God. He has provided a garment of righteousness to clothe us. 
He has opened a fountain of living waters to cleanse us. He has removed every barrier between us and God the Father, taken every obstacle out of the way, and made a road by which the vilest may return. All things are now ready, and the sinner has only to believe and be saved, to eat and be satisfied, to ask and receive, to wash and be clean. And faith, simple faith, is the only thing required in order that you and I may be forgiven. That we will come by faith to Jesus as sinners with our sins, trust in him, rest on him, lean on him, confide in him, commit our souls to him, and forsaking all others, all other hope, cleave only to him. This is all and everything that God asks for. Let a man only do this, and he shall be saved. His iniquities shall be found completely pardoned, his transgressions entirely taken away. Every man and woman that so trusts is wholly forgiven and reckoned perfectly righteous. His sins are clean gone. His soul is justified in God's sight, however bad and guilty he may have been. This is the doctrine that is the true strength of any church on earth at this day. It is not orders, endowments, liturgies, or learning that will keep a church alive. Let free forgiveness through Christ be faithfully proclaimed in her pulpits, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. Let it be buried or kept back, and her candlestick will soon be taken away. A church is only useful so far as she exalts free forgiveness through Christ. This is the doctrine that, of all others, is the mightiest engine for pulling down the kingdom of Satan. Preach salvation by the sacraments, exalt the church above Christ, keep back the doctrine of the atonement, and the devil cares little. His goods are at peace. But preach a full Christ and a free pardon by faith in him, and then Satan will have great wrath. He knows he has but a short time. This is the only doctrine that will ever bring peace to an uneasy conscience and rest to a troubled soul. A man may get on pretty well without it so long as he is asleep about his spiritual condition, but once let him awake from his slumber, and nothing will ever calm him but the blood of atonement and the peace that comes by faith in Christ. You should ask yourself whether you have really received the truth that I've been dwelling on, and know it by experience. Jesus, and faith in him, is the only way to the Father. He that thinks to climb into paradise by some other road will find himself fearfully mistaken. Other foundation can no man lay for an immortal soul than that of which I have been feebly speaking. He that ventures himself here is safe. He that is off this rock has got no standing ground at all. You should seriously consider what kind of a ministry you are in, in the habit of attending. Suppose you have a choice. You have reason indeed to be careful if you do indeed have a choice. It is not all the same where you go, whatever people may say. There are many places of worship, I fear, where you might look long for Christ crucified and never find him. He's buried under outward ceremonies, thrust behind the baptismal font, lost sight of under the shadow of the church. They've taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. 
Take heed where you settle yourself. Try all by this single test. Is Jesus and free forgiveness proclaimed here? There may be comfortable pews, there may be good singing, there may be learned sermons, but if Christ's gospel is not the sun and center of the whole place, do not pitch your tent there. Say rather with Isaac, Behold the fire and the wood, but uh, where is the lamb? Be very sure, this is not the place for your soul. We're going to leave it right there. There's more to it. We'll try to finish it up next time. We'll talk about encouragement to be forgiven and marks of having found forgiveness. I think it'll be a profitable time. There'll be applications also a little bit longer next time. Thank you so much for listening. Please look around the site. We have over 3,000 audios featuring some of the church's great preachers. We have Bible studies on a number of subjects, a blog, and a store where you can purchase one of my books. If you desire more fellowship, please consider visiting my YouTube channel known as Pasturelands or contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com and I'll share details of our street ministry, our Saturday evening Zoom meeting for men, the new virtual church, a couple of in-person churches in the Chicago area where we might meet up. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and you're listening to this on April 14, 2022, or later, but that's when it was first published. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.